Are we all braced? I'm braced. Okay. Brace. Here we go. I'm braced. <laughs> oh, I assume everyone else is, is standing up and saluting. Of course. Yeah, I would, but uh, Heather's eaten, so... I have my hand on my victorious. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. Bit of a dirge, isn't it? It's uh, coronation weekend, everyone. Does that like you just stop? <laughs> well, <laughs> I suppose there's only a bar left. God save the king. Brilliant. Well, will we be ending the recording with uh, Rule Britannia? <laughs> Already got it queued up. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping it might be the Marseillaise, but uh, we'll take what we can get. I'm hoping it's Scotland. Very good. So this is um, the, this is the, the special for the coronation of King Charles III. I'd just like to say how absolutely disgusting I find the monarchy and I hope for their abolition as soon as possible. Yep, good stuff. Do you know, I... Glad you got that off your chest. Yeah. Used to. And then I was listening to a podcast in which... uh, So it's got Rory Stewart and Alistair Campbell. Oh, yeah. And Rory Stewart pointed out that if we had an elected president, we'd probably elect Boris Johnson (laughs) or someone like that. So... Mm. mm, may actually be better not to give people the choice because they make poor decisions. Uh, so, you know, I'm all for democracy, but... that Those can't be the only options. I'd like to do a good, on the other hand, which is um, <laughs> Boris Johnson, we kicked out after like two years rather than until he dies in like <laughs> 30 or 40 years. <laughs> And oh, that, I, see. I believe, is the main thing that that uh, elected heads of state have over ah, over monarchs. That's quite yes, good. Yes, we don't always get it right, but it's not forever if it's uh, if it's an election. <laughs> that's a good system. Yeah, maybe we should do that. Yeah. <laughs> I find democracy cultural Greek appropriation. <laughs> oh, you're right. It's it's not ours to. To implement, is it? Um, Always part of the drollery of the Greeks. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, this this Saturday, uh, I I intend to release this podcast on the Saturday, so maybe once people are done watching His Majesty being crowned at Westminster Abbey, uh, they'll have a a little listen to this. Uh, For for this film, we, we all picked two... Two possible coronation films, um, and I was astonished that I got away with us picking my one, which was Cromwell, nineteen seventy. I, I I really didn't see that happening, and I'm delighted it did. Um, what this, was your other option again? Did anyone? My other option was Johnny English, that was which it. I really yeah. thought people would go for. I yeah yeah that would be good. But... <laughs> I'm very no I'm I'm thrilled that we watched Cromwell. I've never I'd never heard of it. Well, I thought it would have be a, an appropriately uh, what's the word um, subversive approach to the the monarchy to to have the the story of the only king in a thousand years who's been beheaded. Uh, well, I thought it was going to be about Thomas Cromwell, so I was quite confused. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I already distracted you there. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was Oliver Cromwell. Oh. Um, Fernando, what did you know about the? Uh, about the story of Oliver Cromwell before this, because I, I know you're not being British, you might not have um, been taught all about it as we were. Yes, I knew nothing about it, hence I voted for it. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have not voted for it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent stuff. How, how did it make you feel? Did you feel it was a, a fitting Coronation Day film for us to watch? No, we should just stop this. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Did you think it was a bit treasonous? Yes, it's true. We are going to be hanged. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, well, I'm going to tell them it was uh, Laura's idea. Oh, <laughs> because it was. <laughs> hey, I thought that was funny. 
<laughs> oh yeah, sounds like it. Hi Heather. Um, how did you like the film, Claire? Um, I think it could have been a good film, but it was, there was a good story in there. Yep. It's just a shame that they made sure it about that the way. directors, the script, and all of the actors, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah apart from that, pretty good, really. Uh, Laura I think you can see why I liked it Did you get a nice giggle out of it? I did, I thought it was great Really enjoyed it (laughs) Have any of you seen it before? I know Fernando you've not I've seen it before Um, I saw it on like Channel 5 Sort of 20 years ago And I also got the DVD once to, To rent it and I remembered it being a lot better than this. <laughs> I remembered it being like this brilliant, like bioethic, if I may, with loads of sort of subtle acting and uh, <laughs> really like thoughtful stuff that really teaches you loads of great stuff. And yeah, watching it now, I was I was not blown away by the elegance and uh, <laughs> intelligence of, the, <laughs> of how it was done. Um, but that said, I think all in all. There were some good parts of it, and I'm going to say it was a good film, despite everything. <laughs> so that's that's my position going into this, and I don't know if I'm going to have to fight this in the same way I did with the last special, which was 12 Dates of Christmas. Um, Fernando, if you could uh, p- put aside your, your objection to the treasonous nature of the choice. How did, did you think yes, this I was a good I film? Would, yes, I'm, I'm putting, I'm putting aside all my negative thoughts about it, and... I think that it's objectively a really good film. I thought it was great. Uh, uh, In fact, I was thinking it was great until the end. I was like, "What? What is this?" Uh, (laughs) Until the king got killed. Yeah, I did not see it coming. I thought it was great. I greatly enjoyed it, and I do think it's a great film. Oh, great! Oh, I'm glad. Oh, that's that's two of us going for it then. That's nice. (laughs) Yeah, cool. Yeah, I like what I liked about it was the <laughs> it was it was pretty pretty hard on the sort of history. It was kind of mm. a big history lesson, wasn't it? Um, mm. it? It was like they'd read their history textbook and be like, "Oh, so it looks like in 1751 uh, this happened. Let's just make a scene where that thing happens, and then let's go to the next scene." <laughs> and that I found surprisingly engaging. Um, and I loved all Me of too. the soliloquies. <laughs> yeah, so many was, of them. It was very stagey, wasn't it? it was so stagey. So, yes, I think that's why I liked it so much. Hmm. <laughs> acting, the shots, the yeah. Yeah, t- talk to us about the acting, Laura, because I've got I've got something particular to say about the acting. I mean, I can't fault it. It was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Incredible acting. I think parts of it might have been just a tiny, <laughs> tiny, titchy, weeny little bit overblown. I do not. <laughs> um, no, I don't think it was over. I think it was. We saw Richard Harris doing some acting with a capital E. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was Everybody truly was treading really the boards, acting. wasn't he? <laughs> they were acting as hard as possible. <laughs> Like that's that's the job. Yeah. Gotta act. <laughs> I read that um he was very this was in the period of time where Richard Harris was just uh, like big alcoholic and <laughs> really really was drunk several times. Oh set. Christ, well it comes across. <laughs> <laughs> real portrait of a man losing his mind, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh god, so that was method acting. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, he was like just in such a such a space where he woke up like super out of it, drunk, and he de- telephoned the director at like four in the morning, saying, "We've got to give him another chance." They thought he thought they were actually going to behead the king. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. that's dark. Yeah. Wow. And we've all had like a rough night's sleep when we're ill or something, and you wake up kind of thinking <laughs> that the thing you were watching on TV is real, or thinking your dream was real. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Mm. I had no idea of that. Mm. Oh I gotta goodness. watch it again. 
<laughs> I Sorry, still think he was guys. great. Oh no, don't worry. It's <laughs> cute little snuffling in the background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, so I watched this in two parts. I have to admit. Okay. Um, so I watched the first half and then I put it down for a bit because I thought, well, I could do it a little break. And then Kira said, why don't we have uh, afternoon tea at the National Portrait Gallery? Yeah. I think I must be the only person in the world who's ever gone to a portrait gallery and had the ending to a film spoiled. A <laughs> 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 seven-foot seven foot painting of Charles I being beheaded. And I was like, oh, okay. Excellent. <laughs> this was going to be my next question is – like, did did we all know what was going to happen? And I asked Claire while we were in the film, like, did, no. do you know what's going to happen here? And she said, no, I don't really know. Um, and Fernando, you didn't know. So did you think he was going to get away with it? When did you yes, realise he was, was actually going to... Well, until, until he was beheaded, I was like, when is the monarchy going to win? Uh... Yeah, yeah. Do you expect <laughs> Robin Hood to burst out of the crowd and shoot the, the, the executioner and ride away with him on a horse? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so this was a film about uh, about the opposite of a coronation, I guess you could say. Oh yeah, um, and I thought that would be well. We'll see what happens on Saturday. Won't we? An appropriately sobering note. Oh yes, no. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what will happen? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's quite exciting, then, that you all didn't know he was going to get killed. Because yeah, no idea. Yeah, that's. Did you did you know that there was a an interregnum there was a period where there was no king nope right <laughs> yeah i've read it on wikipedia now excellent oh so this everyone learned something then that's good yeah yeah the only thing i really knew about cromwell was ireland yeah yeah did he uh he didn't get on well with the irish <laughs> no he didn't <laughs> this um. was and uh, this is thing, something people forget though there was a, a gaff a few years ago there was uh like an, an Irish ambassador was invited to the the House of Commons or something, and they took him in, yeah into this meeting room with like a massive pic, a massive portrait of Oliver Cromwell, at, because they were just like, oh yeah, Oliver Cromwell, he's like he's a, a major figure in the history of the UK, and he didn't go around. So yeah, he went and what did he do in Ireland? It wasn't good, was it? Oh, he slaughtered a lot of people. Yeah, like major I mean, it was massacre a big, stuff. Yeah, military sort of campaigns. So most of it was soldiers, but there were also several civilian massacres under his sort of watch. Yeah, um, okay. That he sort of brushed off and was like, well, it was all military and some other people. Yeah. <laughs> sort of under his breath, kind of. And then several civilians, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was this really famous church in Drada that I've been to. It's got someone's head in it, and I can't remember who's. Um, but really important stuff. And Oliver Cromwell apparently... Um, used as a stables while he was over there. That's <laughs> that sort of shit, you know. It's just like, God, I hate the Catholics so much. Yeah. We, um, we it's always the Protestants. It's always <laughs> yeah, the Protestants. Just what you were telling us. <laughs> just what you were telling us. Um, we definitely got the the religious conflict in this film, didn't we? Yes. Um, but uh, I mean, in this one, the the king was a was a baddie, wasn't he? Oh, and I his, liked him. His mischievous, mischievous Catholic wife. Yeah. Trying to sneak in there and he was mischievous. Screw everything up. Yeah. Um, I did also like him though. I think that was that was part of what I liked about this film is that it it was clearly pointing out how how awful a king Charles was, but it was painting him in quite a sympathetic light at the same time and making mm. him seem really cool. <laughs> yeah, I thought that as well. Alec Guinness was very likable he just yeah. seemed like he didn't really know what was going on at any point and then he was just a bit stubborn about something and then he got his head chopped off <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah he and, and i found that quite quite interesting it was like he was he wasn't deliberately a despot like an evil wicked dictator or anything he just he just knew that he had the divine right to rule and that there that, that negotiating with anyone was was below his status, and that mm. what anything that he did was right, and he just yeah pursued that to the very end, just convinced that he hadn't done anything wrong. Yeah, um, and I found that found that quite engaging. <laughs> yes, I so I I'm going to say I thought Alec Guinness did a really great job with the character. Yeah, um, it again it was very very stagey the way he was. The, the way the whole thing was constructed, but he had a certain, not quite subtlety, but coolness that went with the character very well, and I liked that. 
yeah, there's sometimes there's a certain age a man crosses into where I stop seeing anything he does as sinister, which is on me. Okay. (laughs) Aww. (laughs) When he's old, he's just hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So cute with his little crown and whatnot. Yeah, his long hair and his walking stick and everything. He's very... Little heels. It's a sort of the dandy of his day, wasn't he? (laughs) Um, And I could listen to that accent all day. The old theme. This perfect, yeah. Crisp. Sort of morning side Scottish is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and his first his first line was like I'm most seriously displeased. I did remark, madam, with some distress that his highness Prince Charles was absent from prayers this morning. He was with me, my lord. He did pray with you in your chapel? Yes, my lord. I am most displeased. Timothy Dalton as well Um, Yeah, who was he? He was the young sort of brash nephew I think who wanted to hold Birmingham and couldn't I wanted to hold, oh Bristol Uh, Bristol, yes Oh yeah, fucking Prince Rupert Yeah (laughs) It is a fair day for a fight Where be the enemy? (laughs) My lords, I present my nephew His Highness Prince Rupert Count Palatine of the Rhine So, let us to action but I do swear by this sword that within a week we will have severed every round head from its shoulders. <laughs> Tally ho! <laughs> Let the sport begin. <laughs> yeah, he was great. Just the, yeah, what a what an over the top. <laughs> yeah, Fantastic. like I, could, I just wanted to be him. He was great. I read that Alec Guinness was displeased about his behaviour on set and he wrote about it in his memoirs, but I could find nothing else about it. So I guess I'll have to buy Alec Guinness's memoir. Need to get hold of his memoirs, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) Oh, Prince Rupert, you (laughs) naughty boy. (laughs) It It was sort of like dodgy Shakespeare, wasn't it? Yeah. Not, not quite the <laughs> structure or depth of Shakespeare. No, maybe. but these these big scenes telling a big history. And... Yeah, it was very hollow crown in some ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. These people really falling apart. You could like if ITV had made the hollow crown. <laughs> like if ITV had made the hollow crown. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh... It did yeah, seem, sort of, sometimes seem a bit like a sort of BBC miniseries that had been yeah. strung together, which I, I liked. See that. I liked a lot. Um, but at the same time, it had... <laughs> and this was the weird thing, because parts of it, in so many ways, it was a real dog's breakfast of like <laughs> terrible writing. But at the same time, the battle scenes had so many extras. Yeah. And they'd obviously put so... like It was lavish spending, getting, getting all those costumes, all those horses. Um, must have taken them forever. Well, they really went they just, for it. Yeah. Um, what they didn't decide to do was like teach them how to fall over as if they've died. <laughs> Instead, just sort of have them march up and then just fall over um, with no sound effects to try to sort of make it sound like they're dying. No, they're just sort of <laughs> dead now. Um, yeah. Some incredibly poor quality drone footage because they thought, well, we need some aerial shots. <laughs> yeah. Well, and but again, impressive because there weren't drones. They ha- they would have had to use a helicopter or a crane or a oh, balloon yeah, to get those shots. Yeah. That's that's some serious work um, from what must have been like a terrible flop of a film. <laughs> um, this was not like rushed out. This had an all star cast. It had a yeah all this all this expense lavished on it uh and in the end it was just <laughs> weirdos like me and fernando who ended up enjoying it i really enjoyed it <laughs> oh yeah you enjoyed it but in a sort of <laughs> i can't believe they did this sort of way <laughs> yeah. wait why did people not, not like the film <laughs> oh shit <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just kidding it was it was good so so Overacting i enjoyed it for me 
overacting, I think, was but part of it. That was the thing in the, of the um, past, as in all films in the past overacted, and so it wasn't any different from the Yeah, other. I don't like old films. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also it, <laughs> we're not talking about, like, 1930. We're talking about 1970. Like, this was this was after, what, Lawrence of Arabia, The Sound of Music had come out. Um, there was... I think about the films we've watched from the 1970s. Uh, was this a, five years before Barry Lyndon came out? I mean, um, wow. This was after 2001, A Space Odyssey had come out. Like the, This this was after people knew a bit more about how to make films. But in a way, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like a callback to a a former way of filmmaking and that. Yeah. I can't, I can't entirely hold that against them. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go one further, which is, so Fernando, as you quite rightly say, that, that was a thing from the past. This was an old film. And I'm going to say it's also about people from the past. And we know that people from that kind of period were a bit more um, florid in the way they communicated. This was the age of writing love poetry to people and... Uh, I, I could, I believed it when Prince Rupert leapt down on the ground and begged his uncle to, to <laughs> slay him on the spot because he was so ashamed. Um, this kind of thing that was a, a little bit laughable because it was so over the top was also kind of brilliant. Mm, I agree. I thought that certainly happened. That must have been how it happened. Yeah. What, what I don't think is that it happened like <laughs> with with these three characters in the centre of the room taking it in turns politely to let each other deliver oh, no, a, yes. That's how it a beautiful soliloquy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I thought it was just like a fly-in-the-wall documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was. But yeah, I, I thought it was a bit more believable when you think about, certainly when you see uh, like transcriptions of stuff that people said at the time, when you see... Uh, letters that people wrote and speeches that people gave back then, they did have the, a bit more of this this to them. And so if we laugh at it, we're partly laughing at reality. Mm. Okay. I'm happy with that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a bit over the top. <laughs> um, I'd like to I'd like to mention, so I, <laughs> we've established I was the only one who knew the king was going to get his head cut <laughs> off, um, which is wonderful. Um, and that's because I, I've been quite interested in this bit of history for quite a long time. Um, and I've done some reading about it and I've watched YouTube videos and I've, uh, listened to podcasts and things. So I, yeah, I, I find it quite interesting. This idea that we like basically the UK became a Republic for like 15 years. And then we just went back to having a King again. We kind of behaved for the rest of time as if it never happened um, and when the same thing happened in France a hundred years later, it totally changed the world. And that, there's something <laughs> weird about that. Yeah. Um, and this seemed to go some way towards explaining that, just how confused people were and how people were were so so anti King Charles, but were also uh, they didn't quite believe that you could have an England that wasn't a monarchy. They didn't quite seem to realise that they could set up a republic. And that... No, no, no. That's not true. <laughs> no? No? Uh, have oh. you ever seen an England without a monarchy? <laughs> well, I haven't. Exactly. It doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is impossible. Maybe we... It is impossible. <laughs> Perhaps, as uh, Richard Harris himself said, uh, an England without a king is unthinkable yeah not only unthinkable but impossible plain impossible <laughs> yeah well i don't think it'll happen in my lifetime anyway nor in the universe's lifetime <laughs> you think england will be destroyed before we don't have a monarch <laughs> well it happened for 15 years that's the interesting bit mm. um except it didn't king charles II <laughs> was in france uh, oh yeah oh yes true he was simply not in, not in at the time. <laughs> Popped out for something, no king, uh, and yet, I, again, it was 
we could compare it to to the French Revolution, which was this enlightenment thing where they were trying to do things in a more modern way using science and philosophy and things to to develop a better place whereas this this uh rebellion that we've seen this revolution was led by um by puritans who were kind of more aggressively religious and dogmatic than the monarchy had ever been and that's that's a weird thing as well that they kind of ended up setting up a new monarchy in all but name uh yeah Mm. Well, that was good. Um, but sorry, what I want what I wanted to say was that there were big bits of dialogue in here, or bit, big like lots of phrases that were the exact phrase that is recorded as having been used. So some of the some of these important scenes were kind of transcribed and written down, and these these famous quotes appeared in the film, and they did quite a good job of of pulling a lot of those out. Yes, like what? Give us an example. Like basically all of the stuff in the in the courtroom, um, please, you you must tell me what authority brings me here to this trial, and I will answer for it. The court expects an answer. First, I would know by what authority, I mean lawful authority, I am brought here and carried from place to place, and I know not what, and by what authority you presume to sit in judgment on me. Remember, I am your lawful king. Think well upon it. And, uh, yeah, look, large parts of that scene, and the, the guy shouting back at him, and him saying, "I see before me a power, but not a yeah." That there is there is no law by which a king can be tried. I do not recognise that. And I just yeah, the exact phrases were used. Um, another one was in. Do you remember when he when he burst into Parliament to demand the arrest of those four members of Parliament mm-hmm. who were being treasonous? Um, yes. And the the Speaker, so he he says, "Mr. Speaker, where are these four men?" And he says, "I have neither eyes to see nor tongue to speak, except as this House direct me." I see that the birds have flown, Mr. Speaker. Where are these gentlemen? May it please your majesty, I have neither eyes to see nor tongue to speak, except as this house gives me leave. Um, basically saying, I'm, I'm governed by Parliament, not by the King, and I'm not telling you anything because Parliament doesn't want me to. Uh, and that, that quote is a sort of famous one that's, that's gone down, and they used that exact quote in the mm, film. Yeah, it's nice. Cool. One great quote, yeah. I did not know that. Thank you for telling us. Those are great. You're quotes. welcome. Yes. Is that the origin of Black Rod? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, is it? Um. So, have you seen the state opening of Parliament? I yes. have seen it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you you remember Black Rod, this man, or I think recently it's been a woman, um, yeah. with a with a black rod walks from the House of Lords into the House of Commons and demands that all the members come and join them in the House of Lords for the the Queen's speech. And they slam the door in his face. Hmm. Um, just as he's about to arrive, someone from inside the, the house shouts, close the doors, and they slam it, and he has to knock three times. <laughs> and we saw the origin of that, which was um, you know, the, the king or the king's men trying to get in and then slamming the door and barring it and then having to break their way in. Um, yeah, it was wow. just a, an interesting little tradition. And uh, a, a lot of the sort of pomp and circumstance that we have around the UK government I think is a bit a bit silly and a bit of a waste of time or even a bit harmful but some of the things they do during the state opening of parliament I think are a really good little reminder um that just little little ways of saying look we we've got this tradition to tell you that you're not in charge of us and we can do what we want and I like that hmm that's a nice bit of history right there. Yeah, yeah. I also thought during the arrest scene it was weird that they paused and let Oliver Cromwell start proposing new motions. <laughs> Do you remember that? They came in, say we're arresting these men and Oliver, and then he sort of starts shouting, propose the... Um, I can't remember what he said. Take him! Any action against any member of this house is a breach of privilege. And I move this house declares as public enemies... Any who lay hands upon its members. 
I further move that any such action against this house be considered a crime against the people and treason against this nation. Yes! 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 Just grab him. You're arresting him. You don't need to listen to him. Yeah. Grab the guy. (laughs) I wonder if that's because they knew they were outnumbered by the the members in the house. Mm. Um, But also I wonder if it was because this was a... Stage play. They needed to let him everyone have his, needs yeah. to <laughs> need to let him get his sixteen bars of iambic pentameter out before they could arrest him. Um. It occurred to me several times that it felt like grown men having a really good time just dressing up, <laughs> <laughs> which I suppose is like most films, isn't it? <laughs> I think it was just them larping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As it turns out, this was just every actor in the film was just part of one historical reenactment society, <laughs> and they just let someone bring cameras in this time. <laughs> I love laughing. I wonder if anyone's ever done laughing with a an English Civil War theme. <laughs> Almost certainly. <laughs> normally, they're all like wizards and stuff. Mm. <laughs> Well, Americans love dressing up in like medieval English costume, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I wonder if this was a bit late for them. This wasn't merry old England with yeah, jousting and handsome maidens and that kind of thing. <laughs> I expect there were a few handsome maidens. Yeah, there was pretty much just one maiden in this film, wasn't there? Yes, and that was the queen, right? Yeah. Well, Oliver's wife makes a show at the end. She turns up briefly, doesn't she? Has a laugh with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While he's hysterically ranting about <laughs> republicanism or something. <laughs> yeah. Elizabeth, tell me, do you see before you a king? This tired, sickening man, this country oaf, crude in speech and manner. So I thought that this film was going to be the story of how the king lost actual political power and gave all its power to Ah. Parliament, um, which it turned out it didn't. It wasn't. Um, But even though it wasn't, it did. I guess I did think, "Mm, well, even though it did not lose all the power, well, the king did not lose all the power. Um, it does show a king losing, well, I guess gradually losing its power because how can you be a king and still negotiate with someone else? And how can you be, how, yes, how can you be the king and still have to negotiate with parliament? I think that the mere existence of parliament shows that the king mm. does not have like absolute power. But that's what I thought. That's one observation yeah. that I have about the film. Yeah, I thought it was going to be that as well. Um, yeah. But then he just dies. It it was a part of that story, I think. I mean, as they as they very pointedly told us at the end, um, things were never the same after that. In 1658, he died. Three years later, Charles, Prince of Wales, was crowned king. And the monarch sat once more upon the throne of England. But an England never to be the same again. <laughs> never as powerful and yeah then then that that loss of power gradually continued um so the same can be said about the creation of parliament as in once you create parliament then the king was never the same so mm. yeah Mm. in a sense though parliament sort of predated the king um the the anglos yeah yeah the, the before england existed Anglo-Saxon monarchs ruled with various different bodies that, be it a, a Witten or a, no, a Parliament or an, an Assembly whatever, or a King's Moot, and that basically the, the King was expected to rule with the consent of the people. Um, and it was, and even during the medieval period, he was sort of the, the head of the feudal system where he was expected to 
to give over some amount of power to nobles and it was yeah that there was there was never absolute monarchy in what? england so the, <laughs> what do you say what are you saying is that an absolute monarchy is fake news that it never happened that is fake news you have been duped by the fake news media i knew it i knew sad, it. so sad <laughs> i'll be tweeting about it later there will always really? be a on king twitter. in our hearts on twitter do you not mean <laughs> truth social Sorry, yeah, I'll be tweeting. I'll be, I'll be truthing about it on Truth Social. <laughs> Wait, um, was there ever an absolute monarchy in, that, in Europe then? In Europe, not quite. Uh, yeah, it was getting getting close in some places. So um, Louis the Fourteenth in France, yeah. who was described as the Sun King, it was because he was seen as just about all powerful. Um, even then. Well, as we know, no, nobody has absolute power because anybody can just refuse to <laughs> to do what they tell them to um, without without. But but yeah, e- even in political terms, there were very few monarchs who were just allowed to do whatever they want. I mean, the the start of formalizing that England went back to Magna Carta in twelve fifteen, long long time ago, where the king. Yeah, was required to sign this document saying these are some things I'm not going to do, um, handing over some power to to nobles and and set you know setting down things like um, you can't put someone to death without a fair trial first. These kinds of things. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a long time since yeah since this stuff came in. Hmm. But King Charles the the first got a bit big for his boots. Something about King John. You know, the Magna Carta was King John, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. King John was was seen as a really bad king, and he lost in a rebellion and was forced to sign this thing. Was it? Is it his crown? Something about his crown to do with Charles the Third's coronation? Oh um, no, Charles the Third's coronation. Uh, oh well, no. I think. Ah, oh, damn! I can't remember these things. Some of the crown jewels that. Charles III is going to be using yeah. today, this weekend, um, were made for Charles II, so just after this interregnum. Oh, because uh, Cromwell melted down the crown Exactly. Yeah, the crown jewels. Yeah, okay. Um, but there's some very old stuff that goes all the way back to uh, Anglo-Saxon times. Like, I think they're going to put oil on his head with a, a coronation spoon, and that's Anglo-Saxon. It's like more than a 1,000 years old. Cool. Yeah. Can you imagine if you lost it. Oh fuck! Because teaspoons go missing a lot, don't they? Oh, they, they do. do. Oh, you find it's in some Tupperware or something, or it ended up in the bin. <laughs> so we'll find it in a compost heap. I was thinking that maybe beheading the king was an extreme uh, solution. I thought, well, this this was a little extreme, but then. I also thought, well, what was the alternative? Um, uh, maybe putting him in prison wouldn't have sufficed. <laughs> yeah, I thought extra, that. Isn't it? Yeah, I think while he's alive, it's always it's going to be tough. Mm. While he's alive and refusing to negotiate, right? Mm. Um, there'll always be a load of people who will fight to free him. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. You got the sense that it did. He didn't want to behead him. Hmm. You know, he wasn't yeah, gunning I'd like for to know how beginning. realistic that was. I guess yeah. we'll never really know. Mm-hmm. But they certainly painted it, didn't they? As Cromwell was a a reluctant r- rebel. They all must have had mixed feelings about about it. Hmm. Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, even those who wanted to kill him, we, we saw them saying. Look, he's guilty, but I th- there's no there's no way that under the rule of law we can put a king to death, and that that was an interesting one. Mm. So in the film, um, when the court of justice passes sentence, and and I guess the king realizes that he is going to be beheaded, it seemed to me that he was a little shocked, um, and I wonder if that actually happened in real life and if anyone knows if that happened if he was shocked that he was sentenced to death i think it was true that he 
he demanded to be allowed to speak mm-hmm. uh, and he wasn't allowed and he was sort of dragged out. Mm. Um, but it's quite good. You can you can read the sort of primary sources have at least <laughs> basically minutes from the meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, kind of saying everything that was said. Uh, it's quite a read. It's quite interesting. Um, and it is quite. In- it does sound quite interesting. So I might actually read those. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I read in the National Portrait Gallery that uh, he did put on two shirts because he was worried if he shivered from cold that they would taunt him for being afraid. That's a classy move. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Alec. <laughs> Lovely old dad. What else have we seen, Alec in? Star Wars. Star Wars. Oh, that's right. Yes. I think that's the only thing I've seen him in. Yeah. I think I've seen him in Bridge on the River. Is he the one in Bridge on the River Kwai? Oh, what's his name? That's David Niven. That sounds right. No. No. Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness in Bridge on the River Kwai. Yeah. Oh, what the hell do I know? <laughs> David Niven's always playing officers. That's, <laughs> that's what he does. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Alec Guinness. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he I thought he nailed this character. It was not just a bit laughable, but also a bit brilliant. Yeah, there was something he did it well. He did some balance between someone who just doesn't really know what's going on and a tyrant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, excellent stuff. <laughs> yeah. What about Lord Manchester? He stood out for me as well. He was <laughs> Lord Manchester, yeah. <laughs> with his fancy cane. <laughs> This is my land. <laughs> I liked him sitting with his feet up in Parliament. Much has been said in this house about the so-called iniquity of certain members being financially involved in national projects. <laughs> members have ascribed to this state of affairs dark and sinister motives. I say if we in Parliament cannot gain from ruling the country... There's really very little point in our being here at all. Did anyone else think of Jacob Rees-Mogg? I was just going to say that. I so thought of Jacob Rees-Mogg, yeah. (laughs) Clear these peasants off of my land, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, he was awful. Yeah, what a traitor to the cause, eh? (laughs) Real bastard. Who was your favourite? Prince Rupert. Me too, obviously. Wish he was in everything. No, I'm saying that because it's funny. But no, Alec Guinness was the best. He was. He did a really good job. <laughs> yeah, he at least seemed like the character he was trying to play. Yeah. Who 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 would you most like to be? Fernando. <laughs> <laughs> um, the person, the the Speaker of the Parliament. Mm, nice good choice. Yeah. He had a good seat. Very nice. I'd love to be Speaker of the House of Commons. I've already chosen to be Speaker of the House of Commons. And I gave you the job when the actual Speaker uh, quit his job. I said, you should apply. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, I don't think I've left it too late. That is true. Well, give us your best order. <laughs> order! <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going, we're going for the Betty Boothroyd approach. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> that was my best John Burko. <laughs> the former Foreign Secretary doesn't seem to be very well-versed in the traditions of the House of Commons and debate order. Order, I'm telling the right honourable gentleman what the position is and he will learn from me. When he seeks to intervene, he waits to hear whether the person on his or her feet is giving way. The opposition is not giving way, in which case, with the very greatest of respect, it's for the right honourable gentleman to know his place, which is in his seat. I don't require any assistance from a junior minister. Who may have been Justice Secretary, wasn't a very good one. David Cameron! (laughs) Mr Peter Bone! Yeah. yeah, this speaker was actually lacking something now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes art just can't come up to how theatrical and over-the-top reality is. <laughs> yeah, John Burko should star in the remake. <laughs> do you think there would be a remake? What would you do differently? Oh, 
the king would die. All women. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say, Fernando? I said the king wouldn't die, and the king would actually prevail. <laughs> An alternate reality conclusion, and then what is just his unbroken line of Stuarts taking us to the present day? Mm, yes, I like it. People burst in with machine guns and gunned down Cromwell. <laughs> machine guns. <laughs> uh, yeah, go on. If we if we did recast it, oh, good. recast it with modern actors. Yeah. Right, so we've got John Burko as the speaker. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Uh, but the rest of them have to be actors. How okay? modern? Because I think Brian Blessed would be a good Lord Manchester. <laughs> yeah, he could still do that. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to be. Yeah, just whoever we think would be best. Maybe not It would be his swan song. Oh, oh okay. I was going to say, because um, it occurred to me several times that Peter O'Toole would have made a good Cromwell. Interesting. Okay. Not that I think Richard Harris did a bad job. I think he was he's a very charismatic man, and I enjoyed his performance for many reasons. But mm. um, yeah, let's think about um, modern. Who could do it? No, it would probably be Brad. Like it would be Antonio Brad. Antonio Banderas. Yeah. <laughs> Antonio Banderas, yeah. <laughs> I think I know who should be Cromwell. Who? A, li- a little man called Michael Caine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I told you before, I will not be drawn into this bloody treason. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget me, God. If I forget you today. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Uh, so seriously, I'm going to stress Tom Hiddleston. For- Tom, Tom Hiddleston. Hiddleston. Oh, we're doing seriously. Tom Hiddleston uh, for Cromwell. Yeah. I was doing it seriously. Obviously, Sean Connery for Alec. Yeah. His part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he'd have been the fun one, wouldn't he? <laughs> He's already got the accent. <laughs> what other? I can't think of any other actors. Google actors. Um, right. Yeah, no, so I think Brian Blessed could actually do a good Lord Manchester. Oh, Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. <laughs> he made an amazing Macbeth. I really didn't like him as Did Macbeth. Did you not? I thought oh, he was I loved rubbish. Him. Oh, I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah, we saw that not long ago. Yeah, I mm. thought, yeah, really disappointing because I liked him in mm. everything else I've seen him in. Okay, not Denzel. Oh, Harrison Ford Taylor and Anthony Swing. Hopkins, they're of. Oh, Anthony Hopkins is Anthony ancient, Hopkins could do. Yeah, but. Ah, oh, yeah, he's too old. Um, yeah, who'd be a good King Charles? Antonio uh, Banderas. <laughs> Banderas. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. He could probably pull it off. This is good. Um, I reckon Russell Brand could, uh, could be yes, King Charles. Yes. Or Johnny oh Depp. God. He was basically Russell Brand in Pirates of the Caribbean, wasn't he? Yeah. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. As just... Captain Jack Sparrow, as King Charles I. <laughs> yeah. Let's just fill it with people who've been cancelled. Who else can we get? Kevin Spacey for uh, <laughs> Oh, I forgot about Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah. So Kevin Spacey can be uh, Lord I Manchester's we were on his mate. Side, did we not? I got Who's side? Johnny Depp. I got really confused. Oh no, that. no, he's no. I see. We see the. Bottom. No, I think we don't like either of them now. Oh, okay. Depends if you're a misogynist. Oh. <laughs> oh, identity politics. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't know anything about it. If you like Johnny Depp, you're not a proper feminist. Ah. <laughs> um. Oh, I feel like it. I. I feel like it's on the tip of my tongue. I feel like I know who yeah. King Charles should be. I, I. And who would do a great job? And it's Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well done. That's good. Yep. That's nice. really good. Oh, because he did Richard the Third, didn't he? You would take Benedict Cumberbatch over Russell Brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For everything. And Sean Connery? Uh, I think we'll skip Sean Connery. No, because I'm, I'm, I'm going with the, the constraint of it has to be modern people, like if you're doing it now. Michael Sheen would be good as well, I think. He would. That's cheating, though, isn't it? Because he would just be amazing at anything he wants. That's Who true. the fuck is Michael Sheen? <laughs> it's the same with Gary Oldman. <laughs> um, like, whatever you give Gary Oldman. That's true. It's a yeah, bit he's of a, always good. That's a cop-out, isn't it? Could we have... Um, who was the other one in Sherlock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Martin oh, Freeman. What's his name? Martin, Martin Freeman as 
Cromwell. That's the pair, isn't it? Yeah. That we already know they've got good screen chemistry. <laughs> I don't think he can do it. I don't think he's bombastic enough. I think I think the role could do with a touch of <laughs> a touch of class and a touch of understatement. I disagree. I want more. I would have been there. Give me more, Richard. <laughs> You're not angry enough, Richard. I'm another uh, shot. <laughs> well, I think we've done that one today. Well done. Yeah. Now, which Pokemon do you think they all are? No, oh, nice. <laughs> Should we do that? <laughs> when did we start doing which Pokemon they all are? <laughs> um, well, King Charles is Mr. Mime. And, That's quite good. Uh, what? Cromwell is Graveler. Do you think? I think King Charles yeah. might be... Oh, no, I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> Clefairy. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Lord Manchester. I think it might be Clefairy. Yeah. Oh, no, okay. he's... So I think... Who are the Pokemon again? <laughs> no, he's, um, Pokemon. he's Snorlax, isn't he? Snorlax, yeah. Snorlax. I was going to say that. Blocking the route to democracy. <laughs> Excellent. Aww. Um, right, do we do anyone have any other actual notes? <laughs> We've been rambling for a while. <laughs> got to make up the time. Eh? Uh, let me see. I, got, I did take actual notes, but I think I've said them all. Yeah, I have, unfortunately. Yeah, I only took four notes. Um, good film. I really enjoyed it. I got quite I'm glad. It. Like, sometimes not not even ironically, I just thought this is good. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I wanted you to... Yeah, if, if you felt that sometimes, that's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> And then um, it just Claire, tipped over you... the edge in the way that I enjoy the best. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so good. It's so bad it's good. Yeah. And almost a little bit good again. Yeah. A sweet Great. spot. Um Claire, any any joy from this film despite everything? No. No, it's just bad <laughs> film. Was there any gay tension? Uh, it was interesting how often Cromwell and King Charles were actually in a scene together which was almost never there must have been like three or four scenes where they actually I think I read that they must have spoken to each other once yeah it's quite something it's a bit like um (laughs) like Batman and the Joker in the Dark Knight like it's maybe two thirds of the way through the film before they are actually in a room together, um, and that was engaging somehow. It was interesting. Yeah, yeah, it really wasn't that. Mm, that's good. So when he chopped off his head, yes. Mm? Oh, <laughs> blood and semen are interchangeable. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> I don't think there was that much gay tension going on. There were some clearly gay-coded characters, Prince oh, Rupert, not least. Do you think Prince Rupert? <laughs> do I think Prince Rupert? Oh, interesting. If he's not so in love with himself that he doesn't see anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. Not much going on there. I was surprised by how genuinely affectionate he was towards his wife, because it seemed in the beginning that there was a lot of just frostiness there. But mm. they were both genuinely a bit heartbroken to be separated. Yeah, it seemed like a, a sort of absence makes the heart grow fonder type thing, and he was just desperate to get back to his simple life. Yeah, on the farm. Oh no, I meant um, Alec Guinness and his wife. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. It seemed seemed in love. A genuine little they? passionate kiss goodbye when before they just sort of chide each other. Yeah, I thought there was going to be more of a big deal between Cromwell and the Queen. Because they had a very charged Uh-oh. stare at first, if you remember. Mm. She walks into a room and he's like gaping at her with like burning hatred. But I think that was just his hatred for Catholicism. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. And specifically for the woman who was forcing yeah. it into the Church of England. That man hates candlesticks. He sure does. <laughs> he fucking hates candlesticks. Does the king think that God can be bought with gold, trinkets, and gilded rubbish? I know only that I have been instructed. Has this king forgotten the Reformation? Mr. Cromwell, I'm away with this popish idolatry. Did the Lord not say unto Moses, Thou shalt not make unto thyself any graven image? No, 
now bow down to them. Has this king forgotten the Spanish Inquisition? Is the Roman Catholic Church to have a seat in Westminster? Does he think that God can be bought with such jewels? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, dear. That's enough blood oh, for you today, like... Michael. Oh. oh, I also read oh. that Richard Harris went and shouted in the mountains for like two hours to make himself, to make his voice break. For Brilliant. For I figured he'd just been up late the night before. <laughs> he really sounded a wreck, didn't he? Yeah. In the name of God! Did we cut the head off this king only to steal his crown? This hollow golden ring, this worthless trinket? Give it to a whore for the price of her bed. Or if you would find a head to fit it, let it adorn some court jester or some strolling player that he may play your king, but not I. I don't know how he kept going. What a guy. Did, did he clean up his act? Did he get off the, the drink and stuff afterwards. I think he did, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know, to be honest. I need to look into it more. But I imagine by Harry Potter. I mean, he does such a good job. And... Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't have the look of a sort of drunk Dumbledore. <laughs> Drunkledore. Which would have fit quite well with the character. <clears throat> Just a bit more unhinged. <laughs> that's what Gambon went for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's I true. I suppose so. <laughs> uh, yeah, put your name in a goblet, Harry. um we have seen we've seen richard harris yes in uh in two other films two other films haven't we yes what were you thinking of count of monte cristo yes he was also in mutiny on the bounty Mm. do you remember oh of course he was one of the most sort of prominent mutineers yeah and he had this similar kind of thing of this put upon pained man rebelling against the king mm. um out of yeah hatred and but we're taking no joy in it um he, yeah seemed to play the same thing similarly nuanced performance you wouldn't be oh great film <laughs> glad you think so i don't know which one you're talking about but could have been any of them <laughs> all of them at once <laughs> Presumably the next one that we're going to watch pretty soon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> have no fear. <laughs> um, I don't have any more notes. That's enough. That's it for me. Me too. Um, I don't have anything. My final mode would be the hats were a little bit different, but were great. I like the hats. Oh, the Puritan hats. Oh, uh, well, also, well, was the king Puritan? Because I also liked his hat. I oh, know yeah. his hats were good. Yeah. Yeah, the Puritan hats were the the black ones they all had in Parliament. But um, yeah, the the king was a snappy dresser. Mm. He knew what he was doing. Not as snappy as Rupert. No, not quite. <laughs> Rupert the peacock. Um, all in all, will we be? Uh, has this changed how we're going to look at the coronation on Saturday? Added some context, or yeah. Certainly a glimmer of what could have been. Mm. God save the king. God oh, save dear. the king. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> Haven't you heard, Laura? We all have to stand up and shout it at our TVs. <laughs> well, thank you all. Uh, thank you for picking it. No problem. Mm. Hope it wasn't Good too choice. treasonous for anyone. <laughs> Sorry it for that. It was too treasonous for me, but that's okay. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad. And I hope you all have a have a nice coronation day. <laughs> you too. Why not? Thank you. I'll I'll raise a, a piece of uh Colin commemorative shortbread just, just for you. There's a special Colin Caterpillar, Colin Caterpillar cake. It's got a crown. Is there? Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, I'm getting one. <laughs> I'm not making this quiche that they want me to make. Fucking quiche, honestly. Yeah, he wants quiche. <laughs> Give me a whole roast pig. Yeah, that's how we bring in a new monarchy. <laughs> Maybe when the Republic comes, eh? Maybe. There'll be, be hog roast all round. A Republic roast. A Republic roast. <laughs> Can't wait. Shall I play the music? Please. Great. <laughs> <laughs>
Brilliant. No, that's an actual anthem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, we just just blows ours out of the water. <laughs> God, ours is shit. I. Yeah. This it's is real isn't it? Yeah, it really makes you want to march off to war and kill some Austrians. 